Hey friends, welcome back to Love God and Your Neighbor. I'm Rev. Laura Hutchinson, pastor of First Christian Church here in Anniston, Alabama, and it is really good to have you here today. Now, I have a really exciting announcement. Do you remember our worship service from July 5th? If you haven't, go back and listen to it. We had a guest singer named Jason Wright who joined us that day, and I got a lot of positive comments about the whole service. Well, Jason has agreed to come on as our worship leader and lead singer for good, at least while our churches are still worshiping from a distance. I'm really excited because not only is he an awesome guy for Gerald, Annie, and I to hang out with and work with every week, he's also exceptionally talented, as you have heard. So Jason also has a strong familiarity with uh, contemporary Christian music. So if there are contemporary Christian worship songs that you are longing to hear in our worship services, please let me know. You can contact us on our website, www.fccanniston.org, and you can give your requests there. And that goes for anything, really. If you have a prayer request or suggestions for any song or hymn, questions about what is said during our services or in my sermons, or topic ideas that you'd like me to preach on, just contact us again at www.fccanniston.org. I really would love to hear from you. I'd also like to encourage you to continue supporting your regular place of worship, whether it's us or another church you went to before the pandemic hit. It has never been more important for people to have places to turn for spiritual guidance, support, and help than it is right now. At a time when people feel abandoned by their government, their employers, and maybe even by God, I believe people need to be able to turn to the church to give them hope and to shine a light into the dark places of life. And right now, it just seems like so many places in our lives are darker than they've ever been. And even though we don't meet in a building, our ministries to the world are vital and cannot be carried out without faithful givers like you all. So if you feel so moved, please consider supporting our ministry here at First Christian Church. You can either go to our webpage, again, www.fccanniston.org, Scroll down to the bottom of the page and click the Donate Now button. PayPal is the only functioning donation option for the time being. Otherwise, you can donate by sending a check to First Christian Church, 1327 Layton Avenue, Anniston, Alabama, 36207. And now I invite you to gather your elements for communion, bread or crackers, juice or wine, and to light a candle. Let us welcome in the light of Christ as we come to the Lord with adoration and love. So I encourage you to pause this recording while you go and get what you need so you don't miss a thing. Now just as a reminder, all of our hymns can be found in your Friday Reminders email. If you don't currently get that email, contact us again on our website and ask us to add you to our list. And now... Let us worship with full hearts.
invite you to sing I Come With Joy, number 420. I come with joy, a child of God, forgiven, loved, and free. The life of Jesus to recall, in love laid down for me. In love laid down for me. I come with Christians far and near to find as all offered the new community of love in Christ's communion bread. In Christ's communion bread. Unseen but ever near Is in such friendship better known Alive among us here Alive among us here Together met, together bound By all that God has done We'll go with joy to give the world The love that makes us one The love that makes us one. We invite you to sing All Things Bright and Beautiful, hymn number 61. Today's scripture comes from Matthew 13, 1 through 9, and 18 through 23. Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path. 
and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they all had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let any one with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When any one hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. And for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the world, the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last week I preached on a parable from the Gospel of Mark about a sower of seeds, And you might think that you're about to hear a very similar message. Well, last week we talked about what happens when we sow the seeds of the gospel, the good news in the world. But this week we're going to talk about what happens when God's word is planted in us. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. You know, I have grown up in a family full of growers. My grandfather had a huge vegetable garden in his yard his whole life, right up until he became too frail to tend it. People in his neighborhood said that he had the tallest corn they had ever seen. My mother has a green thumb and just loves to grow plants and flowers and becomes downright depressed at the idea of not having growing and flowering plants all around her. And my Aunt Joni's suburban backyard has practically been transformed into a natural wildlife preserve with plants, flowers, a pond, dry creek bed, and trees all chosen to attract birds, frogs, butterflies, and other such creatures. Even my sister looks forward to her springtime planting, filling big pots with beautiful annuals chosen with love by her and the kids. You see, I have definitely grown up surrounded by a love for soil and all the things that live in it. As I've been immersed in that love of plants, I've picked up on a few things. Different plants require different amounts of sunlight and water. Some thrive in bright sun and limited water, while others prefer medium sun and lots of water. The ground or pots need to have good drainage so that water doesn't just sit there and rot the roots. And soil has to be cared for and nurtured as much as the plants that are planted in it. I've learned that soil is key to growing strong, healthy plants because soil provides the minerals and nutrients, the stability and the water 
that is necessary for roots to grow deep and for plants, for plant life to thrive. I'm going to butcher this guy's name. I hope if he hears me that he forgives me, but I believe his name is John Hibma, a contributor to the Countryside magazine. He says that achieving and maintaining healthy soil involves the integration of physical, chemical, and biological components that result on improved productivity and environmental quality. In our, in our scripture today, Jesus tells a parable about a person who sows seeds in all different kinds of soil. There's a hard-packed path, shallow, rocky soil, soil corrupted by weeds and thorns, and then dark, rich, healthy soil filled with all of those physical, chemical, and biological components that John Hibma was talking about. Each type of soil offers certain challenges or benefits to the success of the growing seed, and he compares that truth with our own spiritual health and well-being. Like soil must be nurtured to grow strong, healthy plants, we too must nurture our spiritual lives so we can understand the Word of God and so that the Word can grow in our hearts to bear good spiritual fruit. In the days before the pandemic, it was a bit easier to till and fertilize our spiritual lives because we could at least go to church each week to get a little watering and a little spiritual TLC. And even people who only went to church every now and then got a small infusion of nourishment that way. But now that we can't go to church, we have to be even more intentional about taking care of our relationship with God, don't we? So it has been over four months, 18 weeks, 126 days to be exact, since we've met together for church. How is our soil doing? Have we been intentional about tilling it with scripture? Have we watered it with prayer and fellowship with other people of faith? Have we spent enough time with God and God's people to create an environment where our faith can grow strong and healthy? How are we doing? And I want you to know that I say we not to be annoying and condescending. I say we because I am as much in need of a spiritual checkup as any person. And I include myself in the audience of these sermons. Now, John, John Hibma says that probably a better way to learn what constitutes good soil health and what makes good soil is to study what constitutes unhealthy soils. The most obvious clue to an unhealthy soil is the fact that nothing will grow in it, or if it does, it grows poorly. Poor quality soils are the result of soil compaction, surface crusting, low organic matter and minerals, increased pressure from diseases, weeds, and insects, as well as the lack of beneficial organisms. So for people, a poor spiritual life is the result of focusing on only secular pastimes, participating in activities that come between us and God or other people, not feeding our souls or our relationship with Jesus with worship, prayer, and Bible study, putting priorities on secular goals without asking God what God wants for us, and allowing increased pressures from the outside world to come between us and God. In explaining his parable, Jesus described different types of people in different places in their lives. He said, Hear then the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown in the path. Well, a dirt path is a place where many people have walked over and over again until the ground has become so packed down that it's almost like stone. Nothing can grow on it because it is too hard. Our hearts and minds can become like that path. People, tragedy, trouble, worries, and difficulties, they can all tread all over us until we become hardened and impenetrable. The word of God lands on our ears but cannot go in our minds and our hearts because we're just too hurt and we haven't dealt with it in a way that allows us to soften and heal. And Jesus said, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. This is a person who reads the Bible or who hears scripture and likes what it says, but they don't go any deeper into the meaning of the text. These are folks who can quote scripture verses, but don't know the whole story that the verse came from. They don't know the context of the story, so they don't understand the richness and multi-layered meaning of the lessons that story teaches. And when someone asks a question that challenges their limited understanding of it, well, the whole thing falls apart. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. Well, this is us when the concerns of our lives take over and we allow them to push out thoughts of God to distract us from scripture and prayer and overwhelm us until we can't hear God's voice anymore. We can also go the other way where we feel great, but we're so focused on the desires of our hearts and on what the world around us has to offer that we don't have time for God. We don't have an interest in what God has to say to us. And we even start to think that we don't need God anymore. And then Jesus said, but as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, but who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the best case scenario and one we can all strive for. In the same way that a marriage relationship requires time, listening, and understanding, and work, so does our relationship with God and God's word. And Jesus said that when we take care of that relationship like a gardener takes care of the soil, our lives will begin to bear fruit like we've never seen before. We will be more loving, more joyful, more at peace, more faithful, more patient, more generous, more self-controlled, and more kind than we ever thought possible. So I invite you to take a survey of your life at this moment in time. How are you feeling? What is most often on your mind? How are you feeling about your fellow human being? What is your faith in God telling you? How close to God are you feeling right now? And how connected to God's word are you? Well, asking yourself these questions is not an invitation to beat yourself up if you find that you're not where you would like to be. 
or if you find you're not where you think God would like you to be. This is an opportunity to take a deep breath and to find your way back into God's embrace if you find that you've wandered away a bit. Being able to have a strong spiritual life is a gift that God has given us through the Son, Jesus Christ. The fact that we are able to be in relationship with God is a miracle of grace and one that God wants every person to receive. So let us take the time to till, to water, and to fertilize the soil of our spiritual lives. And Jesus promises us that we will certainly reap what we sow. Amen? Amen. We invite you to draw your hearts in for hymn number 112, Holy Ground.
I would like to read to you an excerpt from Thomas Troger's poem, Where Mountains Lift the Eye. The highest peaks are found where plates of bedrock shift. Disturbance of the solid ground is God's creative gift, who still is sculpting earth and uses that same art around the world to bring to birth new landscapes in the heart. Those lofty, sharp-edged forms attract the clouds and rain, and with their melting winter storms, revive the thirsting plain, where seeds then burst and sprout with the same urgent force that turns a barren heart from doubt to praise life's end and source. I invite you now to come to the table that Christ set for us and revive your thirsty soul, where seeds of faith can burst and sprout, Bring to life what sin once stole. The table of grace is set for you. Come now to eat and drink. On the night when the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed it, and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, blessed it, and said, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us pray. Gracious God, the gardener of all life, we ask you to forgive us as we strive to prepare ourselves for the seed of your word. May we be strong of spirit and healthy in our relationship with you so that when we hear your word, we are ready to understand. Thank you for the gift of your grace, for the blessing of your Son, and for the sacrifice you made to keep us with you for all eternity. May we never take you for granted. Amen. Now take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. and drink the blood of Christ shed for you. We invite you to sing hymn number 638, In the Bulb There is a Flower. Cocoons a hidden promise, butterflies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter, there's a spring that waits to be unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. There's a song in every silence, seeking word and melody. There's a dawn in every darkness, bringing hope to you and me. 
Remembrance, which you can find in the About This Episode section of the podcast. By partaking in this meal, we remember that Christ was born. Christ, Christ died. died. Christ was raised. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. This is the mystery of our faith. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. You are the soil of life where God's word is planted. Go and prepare yourself so that the word will grow and thrive in you. Go in peace. Amen. We invite you to sing our going forth hymn, God Be With You, till we meet again, number 434. Yeah.